everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Genesis 27, which begs the question, how do you define integrity? Or said differently, maybe not how do you define it, but how does integrity play out in your own life, if at all? Growing up, my elementary school focused on different character qualities or traits every month. They'd talk about them on the morning announcements, at the end of the day, and at special assemblies. And each character quality had an official definition. For integrity, it was doing what's right when no one is watching. And it's easy to think about integrity in simple terms. We should pick up our trash. We should return our grocery carts to the proper receptacle when we're out shopping, etc., But what about the things that are more challenging to identify? How do you respond when the Holy Spirit convicts you? No one can see that response. Or how do you respond when you read God's Word? No one is seeing the instruction you're taking in. In today's Devo, Benjamin reminds us to take God's communications to us seriously. Benjamin writes, Chapter 27 demonstrates a pivotal moment when we see how God's promises to Rebecca, Genesis 25-23, and Isaac, Genesis 26, begin to unfold. Two relationships are highlighted. Rebecca's with Jacob and Isaac's with Esau. As was typical for the time, Isaac shows Esau preference as the firstborn. Rebecca's preference for Jacob, therefore, is more unusual. There's a significant difference, however, and it has to do with God's earlier promises. God spoke to Rebecca in Genesis 25, saying, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Rebecca understood the significance of God's promise to her and the implications it would have when Isaac was to confer his blessing. She puts her faith in God and recognizes that while it may appear counterintuitive, his word is to be trusted. She, therefore, subverts Isaac's expectations and aids Jacob in undermining his father's plan. By intending to offer Esau his blessing, Isaac was either unaware of God's promises to Rebekah or else willing to overlook it. Isaac nonetheless demonstrates integrity in the end, showing that he understands the weight and the finality of his words. Ultimately, Rebecca's proactive but deceptive action and Esau's dismissive attitude ensure that God's promise is fulfilled. When we think about God's promises and the importance of taking His communications to us seriously, we should consider the consequences of our own active or passive responses. If we believe God's promises are to be trusted, then we, like Rebecca, will take action to ensure that we follow what He has planned for our lives even if that may not align with our expectations. Now, that doesn't mean that lying was the right choice, but it does mean we should think differently. Now, on the other hand, Esau does not show respect for the promises of his earthly father or awareness of the promises of his heavenly father. Similarly, if we dismiss, ignore, or do not trust God's promises for us, we will ultimately miss out on how he intends to bless our lives or to work through us in blessing others, Benjamin concludes. On the Join the Journey website, you can find his Devo and you can find discussion questions pertaining to today's chapter. And I want us to think about four of them. Number one, how important is integrity in word and action to you in your own life? Would your friends, coworkers, classmates, and family members describe you as trustworthy? 
Are there instances in which you don't live up to your promise or feel that you're unable to make promises in the first place? In some regard, integrity means following instructions when no one is watching and keeping your word once you walk away. I know there are many times when I tell someone I'll reach out and schedule a lunch or a coffee but fail to follow up with that person. That's a lack of integrity. As I read today's passage in Devo, I was convicted. I know that's a simple thing and it doesn't come close to nearing the weight of losing a birthright or lying to one's father who's, who can't see, but nonetheless, God showed me that I, that I still have room to take ground when it comes to integrity. What about you? Number two, when you feel called to some action in your life that is particularly challenging or potentially contradictory, what does your typical response look like? Do you try to take steps toward exploring and fulfilling that calling? Or do you have a tendency to dismiss it or ignore the things that don't make sense right away? Question three. Rebecca and Jacob worked together to deceive Isaac and Esau so God's promises to Rebecca would be fulfilled. On this, one commentator said, it seems consistent with the character of Rebecca as presented elsewhere in Genesis to interpret her actions here as predictable, if not commendable. A sincere desire to make sure that Isaac's blessing went to the divinely chosen, more responsible of her sons apparently motivated her. But while her motive seems to have been good, her method evidenced lack of faith in God. Let me say that again. While her motive seems to have been good, her method evidenced lack of faith in God. She tried to pull the wool over Isaac's eyes. Jacob, he's clearly less concerned with the rightness, the morality of his mother's suggestion, than he is with what happens to him if his disguise is discovered and his impersonation revealed, the commentator concludes. Are there other instances in Scripture when people have used questionable means to achieve ultimate good? I can think of one, Rahab, for example. But just because we see these examples doesn't make the behavior okay. Remember, Rebecca's intentions were good, but her method evidenced a lack of faith in God. Growing up, my dad always said, and still says, we aren't judged based off of our intentions. We're judged based on our actions. Rebecca may have had good intentions, but she encouraged her son to deceive his father. Surely God could have worked things out without such deception. Are there times in your own life when you want to shortcut or take the easy way out? Maybe you're well-meaning, but could your good intentions lead you to compromise? Think about it. And lastly, number four. Esau dismisses his birthright and later claims that it was stolen by Jacob. At the same time, he feels that he was cheated out of Isaac's blessing. Is he justified in feeling that way given his earlier actions? Are there times in your life when you brush aside something that seemed unimportant but later revealed itself to be much more significant than you initially realized? Sometimes, I brush aside the weight of my own words. They matter. Proverbs 18.21 puts it this way, The tongue has the power of life and death. My actions might be marked by integrity, but are my words? That's all we've got time for today. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe. Because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.